Welcome back to the Burning Phoenix podcast. Hope you're having a great morning. Today we're going to talk about two topics. One is our first impressions of the new chatbot, the AI from OpenAI, which is called ChatGPT. And then we're going to talk about the opera from Wagner, The Ring of the Nibelung, and how he is criticizing how like the private power, the private money in his time, this is then 1860s, 1870s, and also going back from 1840s, uh, how he is describing this in this opera and how this is relevant for what we might be seeing today. But first, the new chatbot. This is a very mixed experience because sometimes it's just incredibly stunning and you feel like we reached a new stage of, uh, of human development, of societies of kind of the life on earth even that we created an intelligence that is beyond the human intelligence but at other times it's just basic mistakes wrongs and inconsistencies so it's kind of a it goes a bit back and forth in terms of how big how profound this new invention is but it's definitely a huge step in terms of technology and what many have been waiting for at least like 20 years and now suddenly you can sit there and you can communicate with a program let's say uh, that gives you thoughtful deep answers and it gives you food for thought it gives you information also inputs for creativity but everything has to be taken with kind of a pinch of salt because it might be wrong but it's also very convincing when it's wrong so uh, we made a lot of prompts in the beginning uh we, for example, wanted to test if it was creative. So we just said, write a poem about winter. And that was one of those kind of jaw-dropping moments because it just churns out text and it was, winter falls upon the land, a blanket of white and cold. The world is hushed and still as snowflakes gently unfold. The trees stand bare and stark against the wintry sky. Their branches reach and grasp as if to catch a sigh. And then it keeps going. So it's it's not stellar poetry, but it is definitely uh, very, very impressive. So that's kind of the creative part. We also asked it about um, some jokes. Then you go into kind of using it just as uh, like a search engine. But it's still fun because uh, I asked for some dad jokes and then it had the first one was, why was the math book sad? Because it had too many problems. And the second one, why did the what did the grape say when it got stepped on? Nothing. It just let out a little wine. So that's the jokes. But this is kind of just this encyclopedic version of it. Uh, other interesting prompts. So in some sense, it's kind of the art of making a good prompt. Because what you get out of this program is just... Uh, it, it depends 100% on how you phrase your question. And just a bit of the background, what they do with this, this AI is they, you have a neural network, you feed it with an enormous amount of information and it processes everything. And then when you ask a question, it just extracts things out of this pool of information according to various uh, pattern uh, similarities and recognitions. Which is why sometimes it becomes contradictory because it depends on what, what it is being trained on. But we had uh, one question here. 
to see how it like to ask more metaphysical questions. So we asked it, what are your thoughts on the spiritual realm and its independent existence from the material? And the answer was, my thoughts on the spiritual realm and its independent existence from the material world are largely influenced by my personal beliefs and experiences. I believe that there is a spiritual realm that exists beyond the physical world and that it is a realm of energy and consciousness that can be accessed through various practices such as meditation and prayer. I also believe that the spiritual realm is independent from the material world and that it has its own laws and principles that govern it. However, I also believe that the spiritual and material realms are interconnected and that they can affect each other in various ways. So that was the answer to that question. But you could also see that it is drawing from kind of one school of thought and this also contradicted something it said earlier when it when it answers that I am just a machine, I cannot have my own beliefs or experiences. And then suddenly now it, it says the opposite. So then you see there's kind of chunks of sentences that are being processed and presented to you. Uh, but it's still great food for thought and it's, it's very interesting to read this. Um, and just two more examples from fun prompts. Uh, we made one to just check how it can emulate styles. So this is, uh, the prompt was bright genesis in Trump's speaking style. So here comes the version from Trump. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it was good, really good folks. You wouldn't believe how good. So good, in fact, that God decided to create man and woman in his own image. And you know what? They were great, just fantastic, the best. But then something went wrong. The devil, he's a bad, bad guy. And he tempted man and woman with a forbidden fruit. And they ate it. Can you believe it? So stupid. But that's okay, because God had a plan. He sent his son Jesus to save us all. And that's the story of Genesis, folks. The beginning of everything. And let me tell you, it's a great story. A truly great story. Make Genesis great again. So that's what, what the AI answered to us when we asked it to rewrite uh, the Genesis in the, in the style of Trump. Um, okay, so uh, just a final, we, uh, final example here, which was kind of profound and kind of uh, made us think for a long time, which was uh, describe AI as a haiku, like this type of very short form um, uh, poetry. So the first one was artificial intelligence, a machine with a mind of its own, thinking and learning. And the second one, kind of our favorite, AI, a machine mind, endless learning, forever growing, humanity's twin. So that was one of, uh, one of the best examples of kind of inputs for, for just pondering and ruminating and uh, starting your own process of thought about like what is this thing that we have now created uh, is it a tool for like a super helpful tool for us um, like the idea that is humanity's twin is kind of a stretch but uh, but it's, it it will and kind of has already become for many an indispensable part of your life now that you can have kind of this uh, sounding board or this little helper assistant that can provide you with really super quality information and answer complicated questions. So 
just to sum up, uh, so we just used it for three or four days. Uh, the good parts is, for example, it writes great summaries. It can also write blog posts for you. It answers with precision. It's great for creative inputs for yourself and as a sounding board. And it can write computer code super fast. The bad parts, just as an initial impression, it makes basic mistakes quite often. It's also inconsistent and self-contradictory. Uh, it's just heavily or completely dependent on its on what it's been trained on. And it seems very convincing when it's wrong. So it's in some ways, it's just like we, we stumble now upon a new tool that we have to get to know and become familiar with and, and, and understand how to use it in the best way possible. But you could also add this kind of question that in the beginning it might feel a bit like airy and uncomfortable that you kind of you're communicating with kind of a, a bigger uh, like an independent life form that's intelligent. But then that quickly flattens and you just feel like you're just putting prompt into kind of a pool of information and you get extracted something out. There's no sense that there is anything living or thinking or conscious at the other end. Uh, mostly just because all of the mistakes that come out and all these basic inconsistencies. So that's all we want to say. We will have more probably from our uh, testing of the chatbot. But again, as a first impression, this is super interesting, very fascinating, and it's highly recommended. It's open for all. You just go to chat.openai.com. It's just been now open for the public for one week. It's been around since 2020 and was kind of seen as a revolution in terms of language processing and AI at the time. Um, but And they got about a million users just the first five days or so. So And it's going to be uh, a paid service eventually. So this is a good time to just jump in and test it and, and see your own experiences with it. And then uh, we're going to talk about uh, the second topic, which is about the, the Wagner operas. This is like a little bit of a huge shift of, of, uh, of mind, uh, mind frame here. Um, we wanted also to just mention this as food for input. So uh, both of these topics today, by the way, goes into the idea of the burning phoenix, because this AI and these new developments, especially that the, the machines are kind of creative seemingly, um, is a part of this emerging, regenerating new future that can be very positive and bright and inspiring and, and good for, for humanity and for also for, <laughs> for uh, the planet as well. Uh, the second topic is more about this burning down part with uh, the private money and the private power being too concentrated now, possibly, seemingly more and more, kind of especially after the last decade. Uh, it resembles more and more earlier periods in history, like we talked about with Dante and like the, uh, the medieval popes that kind of grabbed all the power and even declared that they were above and had the authority over every single human being on the planet, which might be arguably something that we see tendencies today, that uh, there is an effort to establish this same kind of Kind of complete authority over everything from private power and private uh, money. So there's an interesting backstory to the Wagner opera of the Ring of the Nibelungen because he was active in revolutions in the, in the mid 1800s, like 1848, uh, and he was very much active against this new uh, money uh, concentration of private money that was making an industrial society and then. Uh, grabbing too much power. So 
this opera is very much a critique of that. It's about many things, including then kind of the defeat of the gods, but it's also about uh, the nature of power. So, and this is very uh, similar to Tolkien's uh, Lord of the Rings. So in the opera, you have this one bad evil character who gets some gold from the Rhine River and then he forges a uh, a ring and that's kind of the ring of power that will give you control over everything uh, and at the expense of love he has to sacrifice love to get this ring of power and then that ring becomes just destructive in whosever hand it is and this is then very much uh, just interesting food for thought that the developments the last 10 15 20 years has given new tools and a new way of concentrating power through technology, but also then uh, being in, in uh, owning and being in charge of the media, the culture, the education system, uh, society, and then just shaping everything, especially through the monopoly of information. So that might be pertinent in terms of what we're seeing today. But it's also something that can't last and it's kind of more and more signs that this is uh, all of this is unraveling in part as we talked about in another episode because the it's, it's more and more like we have two international worlds now we had the american led one and then you have the chinese international world and that one is very different but it's growing much faster it's much more successful china in itself will soon be bigger than uh, america in terms of economic power so it's like one one world is crumbling and falling apart, which is the American, like North American part of Europe, and then another one is rising very fast. So this is creating a new dynamic, which hopefully will put an end to this concentration of the private money and power uh, that is uh, arguably just infecting uh, like the English-speaking world with disease and dysfunction. So... Uh, that's all we wanted to say about the Wagner opera. We just we are into the second of the. F you have four operas together, so in the second one, and then um, we will go through the whole the, the whole cycle and then have some more reflections on it. So with that, uh, that's all of this is meant to be positive. Uh, the potential for better days is just much more present now than just five years ago. So uh, we will continue to try to cover both what is burning down and what is emerging and this is the positive and kind of this whole, again, Phoenix idea. So with that, hope some of this was interesting, food for thought and also maybe inspiring. Uh, and as always, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in and see you again in the next episode. Mm -hmm.